Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast, episode 144. We are back. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. Welcome back. 144. The season, the season has come to an end. Yes. The shortened season, but it seemed pretty long, actually, to me. It yeah. is. Uh, seems very, like we had, very eventful last couple days too. Yeah, and it maybe seems long because there's so many games on at you know at the same time. So yeah, it was kind of, it was condensed. That was probably why. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, uh, where are we starting? We already did the teams that were getting eliminated. I don't think any other team surprised us. Did we talk about the Bulls last time? No, because we both had a pretty good idea that they would get in i thought yeah i thought they had a, a good chance um they just couldn't pull pull out the wins and the other teams weren't losing so yeah and, and i'll say i don't really have too much of a deep dive because they looked good to end the year mm-hmm. but it was a small sample size right and, and they still was. lost they lost a number of games that they should have won especially late in the year yep uh, but my thing is, man, I I could see them making a big leap uh, similar to what Phoenix did next season. I agree. I agree. One year under a new coach, so they'll have a, the summer under Billy. Yeah. Billy could probably get some free agents, you know, do a little bit of recruiting for the team. The, you know, they got a lot of young guys that are maturing. Yes. One year with Vucevic and um, – Levine Tice. is only getting better. Yeah, he is. And he's getting he's becoming more of a playmaker. Kobe White is getting better and better. Um yeah, they look good. And they, you know, only Daddy is young is like the only one they're worried about as far as aging. Everyone else is pretty yeah. much in their prime. Yeah. They yeah. have a lot of talent like that seems to just work together. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a very difficult process to put it together. Yep. Yep. All right. But let's uh, stick with the East. Start with the East? Yeah, since we're there. Okay, Boston versus Indiana for the... It's not D.C.? Seat. No, it's not D.C. playing Boston? DC. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, D.C. and Boston. D.C. and Boston. D.C. and Boston playing seven yeah. and eight. Uh, D.C. D.C. impressed me getting the eighth seed, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, because I watched that and that yesterday Charlotte game, and for three quarters I was ripping my hair out. <laughs> yeah. And in the fourth quarter, they finally took it seriously, and they just kind of showed how not ready Charlotte could could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know Charlotte also missed some good opportunities to win the game, but DC battled on both ends in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that 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 was a nice to see for me as a DC guy. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think we have a good chance of beating Boston. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Boston has a hard time with effort. They have a hard time with defense. Um, they have a hard time with consistency. I mean, it, they could lose to anybody. That's their yes. biggest issue. And and DC has gotten much better, especially late in the year, getting in the paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've just gotten better at like for getting more drives, getting more inside opportunities, and Boston has def- like just been bad at defending that. Yeah, yeah, they have. 
and, and of it, course you know, Jalen Brown being gone. Yeah, the way Boston plays, it, it's kind of it's tough for them with injuries because I don't know. Like I know it's such a drop off. It's a drop off, but I don't know if they'll play any different. That's the thing. Like Jalen Brown missing, obviously you're missing the second or first best player on your team, but they don't like nothing is going to change. Just someone's just going to be there where he was and just miss the shots that he might have made. So it's, it's not like it's a um and that's just how they play. That's kind of weird. They don't look like they're missing someone. You just notice that they're just not as good as they were last time. That's yeah, how they seem when they their, miss people. Their play style is very like similar regardless of who's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem I have in like on paper, DC just should have this. But I, watching I don't know, them on paper, but Go watching ahead. them all, you just especially the last month, how both teams have been playing. Yeah, uh, I would give DC a, a good edge. Okay. But because it's not a series, so I can't really like deep dive each team's flaws because it's one game. Yeah. And if there's anybody that knows how to lose one game, it's the Washington Wizards. And it'll probably be at the buzzer. But the thing <laughs> is, the thing is, the the two most consistent players in this game are both on DC. Like Westbrook is gonna give you. Whatever he gives you, 20, 10, 8, or 10. and A lot of questionable shots, but yeah. And five turnovers. So then, yes. on the, and Beal's going to get you 30, 28, at least. At least 28. That's his average. So at least 28. So what does Boston have that's consistent? I don't know what. There's games where Tatum will just shoot like garbage. Exactly. And that's there's what I don't know. Like with Boston, is so unpredictable. Score. Yeah, there's games where Kimba can't score at all. There's games where Smart takes thirty shots. So I don't, I don't know what they bring. But I there's more games where they're inconsistent than when they're on fire. So yeah, I, I would take I would take. Uh, I, the thing is, I I would look at it the opposite. I would take Boston on paper because they have better depth. Um, they have more experience. But I would take DC because they just have effort that comes every night. The effort is there every night. Yeah. Gafford gives you the same thing every single night. Tristan and, and Thompson does not. It's interesting because DC, and I can't really, I don't know how much of it is Scott Brooks. I don't know if it's Russ or Beal, but they've been getting a lot from their bench. Mm-hmm. They and, have recently. Yeah. yeah, and like Ish Smith has been giving them a lot. Robin Lopez has been giving them a lot of production. And they're obviously very experienced. Right. And that's the thing. DC plays guys that we know what they're going to be getting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what Tristan Thompson, what kind of opportunities he's going to get for Boston. But I don't know how you say this and not think Brad Stevens has to go. That's coaching. Scott Brooks, his whole coaching career, the guys on his team did the same thing every single night. I mean, the whole time. Even uh, OKC, Reggie Jackson was great coming off the bench. He was just attacking. He would just attack the backup point guard no matter who he was. Um, Ivaka gave you blocks, rebounds, and bad shot threes. Um, 
Perkins just hacked. Tough rebounds, you know, maybe a nice block, tough screens every night. And then insert other people. Kevin Martin came. He did the same thing. Cephalosha did the same thing. But Brad can't get anyone on the team to do the same thing every night. Not one player. But their the way their play style is so different because the problem with Scott Brooks in the playoffs is Cephalosha. I, I need a drive or two tonight, and he can't get. <laughs> it me wasn't that. coming. That if wasn't it didn't come the last eighty two games. It wasn't coming in game eighty three. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Evan Fournier comes into Boston, and he's already one of their premier playmakers. Yeah, but it's every and, other night. And the the thing is, he encourages like everybody that comes out there to be a playmaker. And but you can't play pickup basketball in the playoffs. That's how they look like they're playing pickup. Like everyone. Whoever gets the rebound just brings it up. Like everyone's down court. This is like a pickup game. I see what there's you're no, I'm no going to be watching. I see what you're saying, but it's they, that formula has worked for them because of the talent they've had. I know, and then but the, they lose to less talented teams. I mean, Toronto almost got them out of here last playoffs. Yeah, and I, mean, I think and, wait, a big part OG, of that is just their defense slipping. Yeah, but. There's people who don't have that good of defense that, just, that can outscore. Their team's good enough they could outscore anybody, in my opinion. They have enough I mean, guys who can get 20, 25 that they could they, outscore everybody. They outscored enough to get the seventh seed because they didn't guard all year to me. Yeah, but the seventh seed? You made it to the Eastern Conference Finals four years in a row now? Three years in a row? Something and now like you're that. at the seventh seed? Jalen Brown just got hurt, so it's not like they are missing Jalen Brown all year. I mean, they had guys in and out, and, like, it's weird because Tatum's had the weird stuff with COVID. Yeah. But he's been, like, playing incredible some nights. And after he plays incredible, he comes out and says, I still don't feel good at all. Right. So it's weird. Like, I don't know. He he could be on. He could drop 60 tomorrow for all I know. No, let's not get and, crazy. But the thing <laughs> is, DC's defense is bad enough to let that happen. Yeah, but if he drops 60 and no one else scores, you guys still beat him. Because Westbrook and Beal together will have 60. But you have to see sometimes when the Wizards get into a struggle Mm -hmm. and, and like, the scoring, just good shots aren't coming, Beal and Westbrook just consume the offense they don't just like take over or just take control of the game like donovan mitchell or maybe even jason tatum or Mm -hmm. hell every other superstar except Kawhi leonard Mm -hmm. and the thing that's tough consume it this is where westbrook has changed over the years and in a negative way in my opinion i guess is you can look at it two ways but yeah. Westbrook used to be an all-around uh, impact guy when he was hot. Now it's just strictly offense. Like, Westbrook used to have clutch steals, used to have a clutch um, fast break out of nowhere, and now you don't see that as much. Like, he does it every once in a while, but it's not like a... He doesn't have that momentum playing like he used to yeah he used to be a big time momentum player you know who's a guy i see yeah a guy that does that now is ben simmons oh yeah yeah Uh, on the defensive end i think they play very obviously simmons is bigger but 
the, mm-hmm. that energy of like some obviously you get beat because you gamble for certain things mm-hmm. but you get those like big time steals late in the game or at like a critical run point in the game yeah and you, you know and even though this it wasn't that impressive but to me it's one of the best plays ever especially alley-oops the one against Sacramento when uh, Durant threw it up to Westbrook oh, with yeah. the one hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were only on, like, a 6-0 run when that happened. And it just, that, like, Sacramento wanted to quit the game after that. It was That was, like, one of those, like, you throw the controller at the screen, even though it's yeah. a closed game. So it was like... I'll give you a crazier one he had in the playoffs. It wasn't a lob, but you remember the... He took it from, I think, uh, some guard on the Lakers, and Derek Fisher had to foul... And he just like threw up some yeah. like like fluke shit from the free throw line. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. It's, it's stuff like that that he used to do all the time. Yeah, I don't see that at all anymore. I don't see him get pumped up by the momentum anymore. And um, yeah. only his baskets pump him up now. Right, only his. He used to do that on assists too. He used to remember the um uh the fake one he threw to Stephen Adams. I think. Oh yeah. Remember you were saying that you thought that was one of his best assists ever? Yeah, the little sham god. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and now that's not there. So uh, we'll see who Tatum is. That guy, though, like you said, Tatum is a momentum guy. Tatum will get a clutch block. He'll block a jump shot, take it down court, get a dunk, yeah. and like all of a sudden he, his, you know, his heat meter is all the way up. Now yeah. he's gonna hit everything, uh, and you know. So we'll I don't see. know, Kemba, Kemba and Tatum could be the be- the two best players, or they could be awful. Yeah, uh, and, and I, it's just such a mystery. Ish Smith on Kemba is a good matchup for me. I like that matchup. Yeah, he'll chase Kemba around. Um, and obviously, this is, this is the second year in a row he's been great. He's a great. I mean, he's a great role player. He is. Yeah. And he's he's so experienced. Like he's played. For you know, plenty of teams. Yeah. He's played in a lot of big moments. He's been starter. He's been a bench warmer. He's been six man. He's done it all. Yeah, and one thing he's for a guy who pushes the tempo as much as he does, he he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. No, he doesn't. No. So he's Never a good has. decision maker. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Pacers and Hornets. Who you got? <sighs> this is Let another this. one, man. I don't know. The Pacers. Play, have played like complete garbage the last three weeks. Like they've been letting teams it's score almost, 150 yeah. points like every. You're, you're game. understating it, yeah. And I, I don't understand. Actually, I'm gonna pull it up and see what the the points. So last game they let the Raptors score 125. Uh, I mean they scored 125. They let the Raptors score 113. Let the Lakers score 122. Let the Bucks score 142. Uh, the week before that, the Wizards score one thirty three. Um, they beat the Hawks one thirty three to one twenty six. Let the Wizards score one fifty four. Let the Thunder score one fifty two. Nets one thirty. Trailblazers one thirty three. Hawks one thirty again. Jazz one twenty. Like they let these teams get a lot of points. I told you this months ago. I was like, what are they doing? Getting in shootouts. Yeah. They let the Timberwolves score one thirty-seven on them, the worst team I mean, in the league. It, it. I told you, like last, and I haven't watched them this last month. 
Mm-hmm. But again, from these scores, you could tell it's the same play style that they had all year. These back and forth, like up and down battles where they try to keep up with teams that are so much more talented than them. Well, this is where Karis Levert, to me, this is what I was worried about with Karis Levert because that's kind of his game. And the Nets were good enough that because he didn't handle the ball that much that they didn't have to worry about it as much with him there. But um, him stepping into the Pacers role as like a go-to guy in a sense, a go-to guy, not the go-to guy, but a go-to guy. He's one of those guys that if the other team scores, he'll try to come back and score in like the first four seconds of the shot clock, like immediately. Like he'll try to take advantage of them before they get back on defense like he's pulling a three before his man even gets to half court. Yeah. And um I'm not saying obviously he can't be responsible for 150 points from the other team. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when a scorer like that takes the team in that direction, sometimes they they continue that that habit, you know? Like he'll he may do that for the whole first quarter. He comes out the game and the team kind of stays with that sometimes. Certain teams, less disciplined teams. Um, Miles Turner's out. He's their dominant shot blocker. Uh, if Miles Turner's out, they're going to lose. Yeah, he, he's done for the season, right? He broke his hand. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they're, again, like, I would point to that and be like, oh, like, oh, I see why they're giving up so many points. But it's been all year. <laughs> I know. I know. All year, and, and where I don't understand is this team has always been a good defensive team. Yeah. They You've have. only improved your offensive, like, capabilities. Yeah. You know, Lavert maybe is a downgrade at, at the wing as far as just individual defender, but Brogdon's mm-hmm. still there, Sabonis is still there, Turner was, like, the, the core was the same. Yeah. And TJ Warren... I wasn't looking for him to get stops. And McConnell is still there. He's still right, yeah. right. Holiday. A lot of their guys are are still there. Where's what Corey is... Joseph playing at now? Is he there he's still? still? In Sacramento. Oh, Sacramento. I want to say he's still in Sacramento, but I don't okay. know that. Halliburton just like snatched his role there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but with the Pacers, um, I I just don't understand how this. Like this all-around awful shot selection came to be. I'm telling you, man, Lavert. That's his game. He's the but awful shot going selection on king. Before I thought Lavert would fix it. No. no, it's still it's still from from the highlights I'm seeing. It's guys. Justin Holiday thinks he can put up anything. Like that's not He's, the case. Remember we were talking about Duncan Robinson off air the other day. Yeah. Holiday was really high on the three-point attempts list. I, I didn't say anything about it, but I was like, what is he doing? Like Exactly! Sixth, sixth in the league in three-point attempts. Exactly! Yeah. Dude, he, he should be getting layup steals, and he's chucking. like He's like 6'8". Yeah, he is. He's crazy long. He's out there as like a defender. Okay, we know you could shoot the ball. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't mean put up everything. Mm-hmm. He it, goes for it, it. Right. And there's just a it's just all around like Brogdon is put in a bad spot to have to 
like be all around great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind. I like Brogdon. I've you know praised him countless times. I like how under control he is. Yeah. But I also know how limited he is. Right. And it's Sabonis has emerged, but you're like forcing him to emerge even more. Mm-hmm. Like okay, he's a great rebounder, great post scorer. He's a good defender. Why are you forcing him to be your playmaker? Yeah, I don't get it. it. It's just, I don't know, man. They're coaching, of all the teams that changed coaches and a number of teams made mistakes, mm-hmm. Indiana just looks, from a coaching perspective, the worst. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And, and as far as Charlotte goes, I mean, you know, they, they play pickup. Speaking of teams that play pickup. We're in the Showtime Hornets era, in my opinion. They're Showtime, man. <laughs> they are. I mean, everything everything they do is spectacular. Everything. <laughs> Dude, and they I, had they had countless, like, last-second, like, in-your-eye shots yeah, in the Wizards they, game. It was ridiculous. They have spectacular players. Like, everyone on the team is a spectacular guy, like, Terry Rozier is going to give you a highlight every night. Bridges is going to give you a highlight every night. Lamelo is giving you a highlight every single night. And when Malik Monk's playing, he's going to give you a highlight. Yeah. He's going to, you know, put a three I'm, in your eye or put you on a poster. I'm just so impressed with how they find a balance for all those guys. And that's why I'm picking them over the Pacers because if you give them a hundred, if you give them a chance to get 150 points. They have six guys that'll get 18, 20. Like, yeah. and if you let them do it, they will. Yeah. So, um, and their guards, their guards are very, like, they're underrated high IQ. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Like, Graham, Graham is a un- very underrated point guard type of playmaker. Obviously, LaMelo is a, a good point guard. Uh, mm-hmm. and Rogier, like, you know, he's had huge scoring games, but he moves the ball, surprisingly. He does. He he picks and chooses when, you know, when it's his time. But if you if you show weakness, he's attacking all night. You know, if you don't get it right the first time, he'll attack again and again yeah. and again. And the Martin brothers, I mean, they they've been playing well off the bench. Um, you know who, who gave else. them who gave them really good minutes in the DC game that I forget who's been there forever. Hmm. Uh, Cody Zeller. I saw he was going bald now. I couldn't believe right. it. Yeah. Like, wow, we're really but, getting old. <laughs> but I forget, like, he's, you know, really athletic. Yeah, he uh, is. And, and he does a good job of just, like, being a screen guy out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he, and he it, fights for rebounds, too. Right. And they just, uh, they have a really good chemistry that I was shocked to see. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think they have a good chance... I think they have a really good chance of winning both games, honestly. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see Terry play against Boston again. I think that would be interesting. Um, And they were... They rested... I mean, they've been resting Hayward, right? I don't know. He didn't play in the D.C. game, but... Honestly, man, they didn't look like they needed him. They probably don't. But, I mean, the way he started out the season... He I think, yeah, I, I think if they're going to compete in the first round, you know, assuming they get there, 
Yeah. They're going to need Hayward to, like, stabilize what they do. Because they, they are messy. Like, just watching the one game, very inexperienced at times. Hard mm-hmm. to, like, keep the consistency. But that's expected from a team like that. Yeah. Do they have uh, Jaden McDaniel? Is that his name? Yeah. He's been playing well, too. He catches a lot of lobs. He gets some nice blocks. Good hustle guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I guess that's all I really have to say about the East. So we got... My prediction is DC will get the seventh seed. Here we go, mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Uh, and then... I would say Charlotte will beat Boston in the second game. I think it's going to be hard for Charlotte to win two games in a row. But, um, yeah, if I'm going with my heart, I'm picking Charlotte for both games. But I, just, I think. I'm going to be sick if Indiana, like, wins both games. I really am. Indiana's not winning both games. No way. <laughs> it's going to blow my fucking mind. <laughs> Boston's not losing to Indiana. They may lose to Charlotte because yeah, yeah. Charlotte is spectacular, and that's how Boston usually loses by other teams being spectacular. But they're not yeah. losing to Indiana. No way. Yeah. But I'm picking I'd If I was going to bet, I'd pick Boston to get the eighth seed to come back and win the second game. Boston is experienced, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they played better than you would expect. Yeah. All right, let's go light first in the West. Spurs and Grizzlies. What do you think? Oh, real quick. Pelicans should fire uh, Stan Van Gundy. One year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know they won't. I don't think so. I know they won't. No, I know they won't because of that logic. But so, sometimes you just watch a team just don't take well to a coach. Mm-hmm. And, and the Pelicans were one of those teams. So it, I'm, not I'm mad st- at it. We're, we'll come back to this a year or two later. Yeah, and I, I would, I'm going to tell you that the Pelicans screwed up by not getting rid of Stan earlier. I just don't think they should have hired Stan in the first place. But in hindsight, you know. yes, I I should have should have thought about that in hindsight. But I don't think he's. I'm not sure if someone could have done much a much better job with them. Not much. And that's I think, the thing. I think co- a number of coaches. Tom Thibodeau would have had this team not even playing in the plan. Oh, but you're talking about like I, <laughs> greatness. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're talking you, about I the coach you. of the year this year. So, like, yeah, you're right. Uh, Dude, um, Mike Malone would have this team in the plan. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, this, <laughs> I right, agree to disagree, and I don't even like Mike Malone like that. He barely has his team in the playoffs sometimes. Sometimes, not you're this year. All right, but. this year. Yeah, 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 they kicked it up. Yeah, uh, Memphis oh, and Spurs, San though. Antonio. Yes, you got Memphis. My heart, my heart <laughs> says San Antonio. My yeah. heart, like everything, just I love all their guards. I the, how they play is they're built to compete. Whoever they play in the playoffs, yeah. Um, and DeRozan in this matchup is the hypothetical best player. He's the best player, yeah. But Memphis is another one of these teams that just like they just defend really well all, all of a sudden. They do. 
They work. And they work hard. All their guys work so hard. So hard. And guys like like you saw Dylan Brooks against Steph Curry. He I know everybody the... was praising Steph for you know locking up the scoring title. Yeah. But Dylan Brooks was doing a good job on him. He was. Dylan Brooks said he's the best defender in the league. I mean, I mean that that was a good example. I'll I'll mm-hmm. give him that. Yeah, I'm but just saying I, no one argues with him. I mean, he's he's doing well. He's doing his thing. He says and, it because he locks up. Right. And Memphis is just as a team just plays so well together. Again, another team that's been together for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And it shows. Yeah. So I just... I, I'm still going to stick with San Antonio. I'm going to stick with my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Memphis is just one of those teams I could surprise you. Murray and uh, and Jaw is a good matchup. I like that. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think it's gonna be fun to watch for a game. Yeah, uh, I, I think Jaron Jackson. I think Jaron Jackson should give Memphis a slight edge. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I I think uh, I think Valanciunas is gonna have a field day. I think that's. I think he's the one to me that's gonna be. If Memphis wins, is because it'll be because of him. But um, I'm going with San Antonio too. I think their guards, the balance they have, and Memphis just does not have as much guards, as many guards to defend all those guys. Like after the first two on Memphis, I'm taking yeah, I'm taking Patty Mills over uh, DeAnthony Melton. Sorry, I'm taking uh uh. Lonnie Walker over Grayson Allen all day, every day. Again, on paper, I'm with you completely. Yeah. But sometimes they get they get production. Memphis gets production out of those guys. They do. It's going to be how they defend Ja, because if Ja gets into the paint, all bets are off, because someone's going to be open. Uh, he's going to make some shots. He is. He's going to make some shots. It's crazy, because this last couple months... If you've noticed Memphis games, they're mm-hmm. they're playing him like Rondo out there. Yeah. Uh, and he's not... I really don't like the, the kinds of shots he settles for. Yeah, he uh, does not take good shots. He's not yeah, a good decision maker, period, in my opinion. He's I, electrifying. I think, I think... I don't mind his decision making, how he like finds guys. Mm-hmm. I think his own shot selection is very... like It's too confident. It is. Uh, and I think that's going to kind of determine to me whether they could even compete with San Antonio. There's sometimes I think he plays and he looks to make a highlight. And that's not really how it should work. It works for him sometimes because he's an athletic freak. But right. it, it, he shouldn't be looking for the, you know, looking for the highlight ESPN top 10 pass, looking for the highlight shot because he looks like he tries to embarrass somebody on every shot instead of just taking a good shot yeah like he has to hit it in someone's face he has to you know give them behind their back step back and lose them and point to him while they're on the ground to get the shot off and you know yeah. he's not doing that on san antonio you can forget about that no nah, popovich i think popovich will really let other guys eat just to take him out of the game Oh, and Derek White. I'm picking White over every guard that Memphis has. Hey, you had me at Patty Mills, bro. That's that's all you needed to say, honestly. 
Yeah. Patty I mean, Mills could single-handedly win this game. Like, <laughs> that, that's the could. crazy thing about San Antonio. They got four or five guards that could single-handedly take the game over. They do. Yeah. Just doing what they, they, like, they're good at. Yep. Yep. The, but the thing is, man, they have no center on the team. I'm sorry, Yaka Pirtle. That's, you're not it, bro. No, you're not it, man. I had an argument on Instagram with a dude a couple months ago about whether Yaka Pirtle uh, was the yeah, worst. What's the argument? I said he was the worst starting center in the league. And, you know, the dude's like, don't say that. I'm like, well, tell me. Name this worst starting center in the league. I'll wait. He, he couldn't come up with anything, so. It, he's bad, I, man. man. He's terrible. He's so... He's like... It's just frustrating how basic he is, honestly. I don't even know how else to to explain his game. Popovich has coached, you know, two of the top big men of all times, right? I I mean, I'll throw LaMarcus Aldridge in there. I mean, he's one of the... Yeah, he's top 40. But the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. For him to, like, put... Um, Ken, what's his name? Kendall? No. Johnson. Yeah. To, for him to put Johnson at the four tells me, like he he has a Is problem it, I think it's down Kenyon. low. I'm not sure though. Yeah. We, well, we know it's, it's Johnson. For him to put Johnson at the four tells me he knows he has a problem in the front court. Because I've never seen him put a guard at power forward to start the game. And he starts him there a lot. Yeah. And he's you know he's big. So they they like finesse it a lot of the time. Especially because yeah, but... they sneak in Rudy Gay to like go small to kind of have a little mismatch out there. But it's, but that, it's a lot of it is... A lot of it is just covering for a limited roster. That's that's what it is. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's that's OD because he was like a point guard at Kentucky, so it's like, uh, he knows he has an issue. And Trey Lyles can't get anything consistent out of him. I uh, yeah, I don't see much from him. What's the uh, Drew uh, Eubanks? Ebanks? Nothing out of him. Not it. Not it. <laughs> What happened to Nando DiColo? He never panned out. They thought he was going to be a guard. Yeah, but he was a big. He was like a six six guard. He was a big guard. Oh yeah, uh, I don't know why they got rid of him so quick. Yeah, didn't give him a shot. But anyway, uh, the big game. The big one, yes. LeBron said he's playing against the MVP of the league. Again, the Jokic disrespect. Steph's the MVP, like, man. He really is. Stop. <laughs> it's not the MVP. I I get it. They're Steph's- awful. They're in the they're in the play-in. Like it's it's a great story. He's the scoring champ. Don't forget that. So, when does that make an MVP? Beal was a scoring champ, and they were worst team in the NBA. Steph is a scoring champ, and they battle to be, what are they, eighth seed? I mean, I, I don't know, man. If we're talking about most valuable, Warriors are complete garbage without Steph. Complete. Nuggets are still making the playoffs without Jokic. 
If they had Murray. Not, not without Murray. If they had Murray, they'd still make the playoffs. But my thing is their entire play style on both ends depends on Jokic. The Warriors' play style isn't all about Steph? They play the same way. I mean, obviously, Steph has become a... F- Again, Steve Kerr took a month to figure out that, oh, Steph Curry might be the best point guard in the league. I should just <laughs> feed him. Yeah, that's true. Again, he's been great. I'm not saying he's, like, not even in the conversation. Yeah, but I know, I know. I'm just playing. They didn't want to give it to Russ for being the fifth seed. When he averaged a triple-double? When he had the triple-double, and they were, you think they were anything without Russell Westbrook? Who was on the team? Oladipo. Oh, the Oladipo year? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. There was, Anthony Morrow was getting, like, major minutes. Who won MVP that year? Steph? Russ. Oh, 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 oh. But they did give it to him. That's yeah, a- but that's what I'm saying. They didn't want to. And to me, this is like, this team could have easily not made the playoffs. The Warriors? Yes. Yeah, that's true. But Steph had to average 40 and average, you know, have more threes than any month in history for them to make it. Heroics. It was heroics. But but Damian Lillard doesn't get, again, Damian Lillard hasn't quite had these type of heroics. Mm-hmm. But he gets, like, no credit for the similar heroics. If he had to, he he probably could. It's like... Uh, Damien is one of those guys, and because he doesn't really care about the things, he just does what he has to. Right. So, if he had to average forty, he probably he probably would go out there and go for it. You know, he'd shoot from anywhere, obviously, just like Steph. But that anyway, that's not the point. Who you got? Warriors or Lakers? Lakers. <laughs> I'm sticking. I've stuck with the point, Lakers all year. Point differential. I think it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a blowout before the fourth quarter. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I don't care if LeBron. I, do I don't too. care if LeBron's out there on one leg. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna massacre the Warriors. Oh, dude, it's just especially against watching the Warriors against the Lakers. It it looks awful. I mean, the Warriors I mean, win in the second game though. I don't care who plays in it. I think the Warriors win in the second game. But first game, LA, LA is taking it. I don't think LA is going to goof off. I think, Like you said, I think they it's going to be... They better not. Because I'm going to doubt everything I've said about them all year if they goof off in this first game. I'll, I'll say this. I think because LeBron and AD and now Drummond, I think the Lakers... And I, I don't really understand why, but... Um, and this is a lot of LeBron's teams. They can have the best defense in the league any given night. Like LeBron, they don't. But for some reason, like when they turn it on, they can like strap anybody. And I think yes. part of it is because they like send two people at people, and then they're like, oh well, okay, drive on Anthony Davis, go for it. Right. So or you know, drive on Drummond, go for it. So so like. I get that that's their backup, and that works when you have a good center. Like, Brooklyn did that, too, last year. But um, what I, what they did to Damian and CJ last year, they've done it to Steph before. They just chase him around and just say, KCP, look, man, I hope you got your wind up. 
you know, you could take some oxygen, take your inhaler before the game because you're chasing Steph all night. Yes. And, and he does it. Ben Macklemore, he'll chase Steph all night and just say, look, man, you may not score, but I know what you are doing. You're chasing Steph. And Caruso, too. And they're yeah. cool with it. It's because they have so many players that they don't need to do anything. Like, not a lot of teams have that. Like, um, you look at most of the teams, like, uh, designated defenders, they have to do something on offense. Marcus Smart has to do something on offense. Uh, ben Simmons has to do something on offense. Who's who's another guy? I mean, Draymond has to do stuff on offense. Draymond can't just play defense and disappear. Uh, Patrick Beverly has to do something on offense. But KCP, Caruso, we don't need you on offense. We can still score 120 points without them even touching the ball so yeah i'm going i'll go with la as well it's crazy their defensive versatility is just so wild it is uh and what they do especially this year something i saw from them uh they trap guards better than anybody in the league they do yeah and and again a lot of that is because they have a perfect blend of like you said guards that are just willing to work hard yeah uh and he big like bigs like real bigs that cover ground that are active that and even with Gasol who's not as active he makes up for it by having a high IQ so he knows where to be yeah and then uh, yeah so I, they trap him and say okay we'll throw a long pass with the best safety in the league right, right. LeBron he's <clears throat> he's gone it's over yeah. so and I just think I, again Steph will have to just go insane for them to win this game. <laughs> and but he's he been can, insane so. all year. Yeah, I was going to so, say so. I, mean, I feel like it's almost more than he's what he's done. But uh, not more than he's capable of. That's the problem. <laughs> Steph, I don't think there's a cap to the amount of points Steph can score on a game. Like there's That's fair. He can I, score I can that. basically cuz I mean he Kerr took him out of the game third quarter he had 60 yeah. so it's like <laughs> he would he could have had 90 easily so he's gonna have to he's gonna have to reach for 90 if they want to beat the lakers but i will say this the warriors have shown over the last probably two weeks that um they have other guys that can you know get buckets no, not that they're gonna not one-on-one buckets, no. but Wiggins can give you 25. You know, Poole just had 30 the other night. Um, that may be it, but, <laughs> you know, that, it makes teams have to be a little bit honest. Not the Lakers, but most teams will have to be a little bit honest guarding them now. Well, they're not playing most teams. They're playing the Lakers. I know, yeah. And Wiggins... This is a big game, honestly, man. I'm looking. I want to see what Wiggins brings to the table. Ubre can get twenty too. Yeah, but my my thing is like, I need to see Wiggins' desire to want to like upset the Lakers. Like, dude, you just you you should be the second option. Can you please attack like your second option? Please, I I. The easiest 38, the easiest 38 I've seen all year. And we got it one time? Wiggins, Wiggins, like, on paper, (laughs) 
If you took like Wiggins highlights and watched it, you'd say, well, that guy is unstoppable. No one can stop him going to the basket. He he can dunk on anybody, and he can shoot threes. He can catch and shoot. He can shoot off the dribble. He has pretty nice range. He's long. He can post anybody up, anyone his size, and he is a really good post game for you know a guard. Uh, but <laughs> it's he just, just highlights. He doesn't, he doesn't play do with it. effort. No, he doesn't. That's my thing, and and that surprises me. Like with. With Kerr, with how the Warriors have been, the fact that they've kind of accepted him and like encouraged him while he's slacking. Yeah, I understand. You know, you're not gonna say shit to Anthony Davis, especially when LeBron's doing the same shit. Right. But Andrew Wiggins, like, you need him. He takes a weird thing. It's kind of weird to spark him up. Takes something different to spark him up. Because sometimes when he is like that, he's a monster. Yeah, but it's so, like, it doesn't even seem like it's anything. It's just, like, he made a couple tough shots, and he feels good, so he's, like, feeling himself that day. Right. But. Yeah. You know Oubre is always looking to embarrass somebody, so. Yeah, but I don't, know if, I don't think Oubre is going to be playing. He's, I he's think hurt he's, still? Yeah, they're still, uh, I think they're going to reevaluate him in, like, a week or two. Mm. I know he was in and out. He was playing some nights and sitting some nights. Yeah. Well, so that's our plan preview. Uh, you want to talk about the matchups too? Because we won't get to before the games. A little um, bit about them? Just quick. We can run through them quick. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Lakers-Suns should be an interesting series. <laughs> Not those matchups. We don't even know that's going to happen. I mean, the, the matchups oh. that are already there. Oh, the matchups that are set? All right, we can yeah, talk about yeah. those. Um. Uh, you want to go back to the East or stay in the West? Let's stay in the West. Clippers, Mavs. Is that right? Yeah. Clippers, Mavs. I'm looking at seven games. Maybe. I think it's going to be another six. I'm going to I'm gonna be fair. I think it's going to be another six-game series. I'm going to go Clippers in five. I don't think they're going to goof off with the Mavericks this time. Last, I, They got embarrassed. I mean, they won, but they got embarrassed, in my opinion, last year. <laughs> Completely embarrassed. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I, I just, I would be surprised if they do that again. That's all. But my problem is, they didn't get embarrassed because, like, they just didn't bring their A game. They got embarrassed because they got exposed. That will, I think they would do anything to not get exposed this time. That's all. I, I don't think, know if Beverly is still sitting for this time of the, this time of the year still. His... You know, yearly sit down. Better off, better off sitting. As far as I'm concerned, you know Rondo hates Rick Carlisle. Uh, is Zibaka coming back? I don't know. They've been fine without him though. Surprisingly. Yeah, they got Boogie. So. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the Clippers in five. One one credit that. one credit I'll give Dallas is they. From last year to this year, they've trusted their role players a little bit more. And mm. I think in the second half of the year, I think that has sh- shown quite a bit, actually. Yeah, but will will they, you know, in the playoffs? A lot of teams way, can do it the in the regular they play, season. The way they play, they kind of have to. Mm. Maybe, yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I've seen games where Luka just... Just said, forget it. I got this. And but that I've also works. Seen, 
I've also seen games with Tim Hardaway Jr. the last month or two who's, like, stepped it up and given you, you know, a lot of threes or just attacking constantly. Yeah, I, I know. I agree. I agree. Um, I, We'll see if they keep moving the ball. So I, that'll be their biggest question mark for me. Will they keep moving the ball? I'm not sure. Probably. So, um... So you got six games, Clippers six winning games. or Dallas? Clippers winning in six games. Okay, that's fair. All right, uh, Portland and Denver again. This is like the third or fourth time we've seen this. Denver is going to beat them. How many games? Six. Denver and six. Stotts is going to be fired within within the week. After that sixth game. That is, uh, that's fair, in my opinion. I'm not mad at that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I it's, it's tough for me to call. It's one of those, you know, mind and heart things. I think I would go with Portland in six. I'll go with Portland in six. I see. I, I'm not mad at anybody picking Portland. Uh, and and it, obviously this series could go either way depending on you know who plays well who doesn't yeah but my thing is I trust what the Nuggets could do against the Blazers more than what the Blazers could do against the Nuggets I I think that not having Murray is going to be glaring I think I think that the scoring from the guard I think they're going to be missing that I, I mean. Murray's level of scoring from the guard. I mean, they're going to have some scoring, but I think they're going to miss his 25. Keeping uh, Damian and CJ on their toes for the whole night. Um, I, I think... Because who starts a guard for them right now? Uh, Monte Morris for Denver? Yeah, Damian's resting on defense. Austin Rivers get, has been playing quite a bit. They signed him for the playoffs, I think. Damien's sleeping on defense. He's getting a nap every time down. Yeah, the court again, all the, all that sounds good, and I've walked into a lot of playoff series looking at Portland that way. Mm-hmm. But the problem with Portland is it's it's going to be back and forth. It is. Yeah. And they, I just I can already picture them not even not just not stopping Jokic. But letting him eat in every way. Yeah. I believe that. I think Jokic's and, numbers will be insane. And they my problem is my problem is Denver's lesser supporting cast is mm-hmm. gonna be playing more to their strengths than mm-hmm. what Portland's supporting cast is gonna be doing. Problem with Portland's supporting cast, a lot of them just don't have strengths. Which is like I don't know what Covington's strength is anymore. He doesn't hit threes. Either. He misses free throws. Like I've never seen a someone who's supposed to be a shooter miss so many free throws. Yeah, he doesn't play that great of defense. I don't know what Derrick Jones' strength is anymore. He doesn't even play anymore. Right, I have no idea what his strength is. Um, I don't know. Like sometimes we get a Nasir uh, little sighting. Sometimes we don't. Uh, but again, and- just watching Portland for countless years, I can already picture. Like, Lillard is eating, but Denver is matching them point for point with fucking, like, Compazzo out there. Mm. 
And that's my problem. And if, this is this is like two, three years in a row with Portland. If that happens in the first game, they're done. I'm I'll say them in five. Nuggets in five. If again, I just if, think if, I, I, I go ahead. If Composel has a plus and his plus and minus, Portland's out in five games. Easily. They need to expose Composel every time he comes in the game. But if he, they don't, and Composo, like I said, if they go on a run with Composo in the game, oh, Portland should just pack it up. They should go ahead and fire Stotts immediately. And I I know I, I talk trash about Composo a lot, and I don't mean it like he's not trash. I call him trash, but he's not trash. But the thing is, he shouldn't dictate the game against Portland. That's all I'm saying. In any but way. Portland is the type to allow him to do shit like that just because they're, like, ignoring him. I agree, but I, all I'm saying is they can't do it this time. And if they do, it's over. They they are the type to do it, but they sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't let guys like that get off or have good games. But they do. It's over. Go home. Blow. They're gonna. The worst thing that could happen is them blowing the team up and keeping Terry Stotts. That would be a oh, complete disaster. A, oh, that would hurt my brain. They might. Oh. The only blow just, team up is Trey Nurkic for any big man who wants to play in Portland. Anybody. At this point. I'd take JaVale McGee over Nurkic. Easily. I, I, I just want to see Portland control a game. And it's like, it's like they're, they're incapable doing of doing that. Yeah, they're not doing that. You're right. <laughs> No, no, but no, no. that's all Jokic does is control the game. Yeah. And if they can't keep it up and down, which I think Denver's going to make a concerted effort not to let happen, mm-hmm. I can already picture the just the all types of three-pointers. Uh, we're driving. We're wide open. We're kicking it out for three-pointers. Uh, Nurkic is taking whatever he wants. Yeah, Lillard and McCollum are like allergic to making plays for one another. If Nurkic takes whatever he wants, you have—I mean, it's over there. If Nurkic is in charge of his own shot selection, it's curtains. They're—they're they're not good. I think good. Uh, next time we come back, uh, there'll be what a game or two in into the series. And the first game is in Denver. I think so. They have to win one of those, obviously, but. I want to talk about this series first well, next time we come back. All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, let's keep going. Let's keep going. What's the... Oh, the other ones are the play-in ones. Okay. So let's go to the East. Knicks, Hawks? Seven games. I don't even... I'm not predicting this. I'll go seven games. I'll go six games, Hawks. Hawks and six. The uh, Knicks fan? No. Yeah, six, Hawks and six. <laughs> no, and come six. on. Hawks and six. I like the Hawks, man. That, that hurts. This, this this series sucks because I don't want either of these teams to lose in the first round at all. That, I completely agree with that. And um, I just the Knicks are really good. Obviously, um, they're playing really well. They play with high energy, but the Hawks are just. Um, I think they just have too much firepower at the end of the day. I think Knicks will blow them out one game, maybe two games. But I think the close games, I think the Hawks would win. 
And you still you think the Knicks will get two blowouts, and you still think Hawks in six? Yeah, I think that's how the Hawks lose. They lose by blowouts. And the Knicks, I think if they catch, they will catch a wave, catch a momentum, and the Hawks will just be like, "Oh, this game's over. We're down twenty-five, third quarter." I'll tell it's you. Over I'll with. tell you right now. Nobody in the league capitalizes on the other team playing like trash more than the Knicks, and that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And the Hawks are a perfect example of high highs, low lows. So are you taking the Knicks or not? And the fact that I'll I'll take the Knicks just because of your disrespect. Because <laughs> you already admitted what I was going to say, which is the Hawks are going to throw away two games because they're going to be all over the place. It's going to be a mess. Guys yeah. are going to just be playing. Bogdanovich is going to have like a one for 14 game. And Trey's going to have like a 5 for 22 game. Yes, yes. Yeah. While while the matchup is eating. Well, Rose is destroying Trey every time down exactly. court. Exactly. And yeah. my thing is, the Knicks defend infinitely better than the Hawks. Yeah. They, position-wise, they match up with them fairly well. Okay. <laughs> the the My favorite part about this series is... Who's going to be more impactful between Randall and Collins? Right. Because, like, Randall, obviously Randall's going to be getting the ball more and, pl- like, the Knicks are going to be playing through him more. Uh, Randall can guard Collins better than Collins can guard him, for sure. And that's where I'm leaning with the Knicks. But <laughs> it's going to take more than Randall to win the game, though. Derrick Rose, we good. That's all it's taken all year. Derrick Rose can't play seven games in the series in the playoffs. Derrick Rose is gonna be the best guard in this series. I'm just—he's not gonna make it seven games. No way. Come on, I—I just—the I, Knicks have play, played it really like really disciplined defense all year, and the Hawks are gonna struggle with that. I already—I already see it. <laughs> Hawks and six, man. I gotta go with it. Maybe I'm this just. This will be the second. This will be the second series we talk about. <laughs> Maybe I'm just uh, taking the the um, the failure so I can be happy about the win because I don't want to ride the horse. Nah, I like that. I'll take get kicked that. off yeah. the horse. But I, I, for some reason, I just I don't think I they'll know. be able to outscore the Hawks. I know Even that's if the Hawks uh, are playing okay. Just, the first thing I look at the Knicks and I'm like, where are the points coming from? But I tell you what, though. That's, that's why I love Thibodeau. The answer is so simple. Derrick Rose and Julius Randle. That's it. <laughs> I tell you what. Trey's not getting any floaters on Nerlens Noel. You can forget about that. If there's one thing yeah. happening, it's that. But And uh, that's, again, the Knicks, the Knicks are in good shape to not let Trey Young just go crazy every game. And I don't trust the Hawks with any of the other things they got going on. If if Tilakina sees any time on the floor, Trey is getting thirty easily. Trey's no winning argument the, there. The, no <laughs> argument there. I think I don't think Alfred Payton can guard Trey either. And R- Rose just can't play that much, that many minutes. I wish Ro- now if we were talking about okay. Rose fully healthy. That's okay. No, no, no. We don't have to talk about Rose fully healthy. He's perfectly fine where he's at. Who's Reggie Bullock guarding? Bogdanovich. What you mean? 
Is Gallinari back? Yeah, that's okay. We're not worried about... Who's worried about Gallinari? Hawks and six. Dude, all that depth you're talking about, I haven't seen it, like, be meaningful. You know Lou Williams is there, right? I'm not sure about that. Who's winning the six-man battle, Lou or Derrick Rose? Again, Lou. I'll give Lou credit. He could win it. <laughs> yeah. But from the from the season I just watched, I'm with you. Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose yeah. is gonna yeah. dog him. I'm. T- I already said Derrick Rose is gonna be the best point guard or the best guard in this series. If if Donovan didn't get hurt and like Clarkson didn't have to play amazing, D Rose would be in the sixth man of the year. Uh, oh yeah, candidate. Just off his last like month and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but Clarkson's been averaging like 25 yeah. since. Yeah. Donovan got hurt, but all right. Uh, you say Nixon six Nixon or Nixon seven. seven? Okay, I say Hawks and six. All right. Uh, last one is the Heat and the Bucks. Milwaukee. This I this better not go more than like six seven games. Yeah, this better needs to not, be quick. It better not go past. I mean, it better not get. To seven games, it has to be six. My, max. Miami should not take more than one fucking game. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I agree. I'm not even, you know, I've criticized the Bucks for being the same, doing the same shit, but they mm-hmm. fu- like for the first time they look complete to me. I agree. I mean, they have so, their depth is amazing this year. It's amazing. Yes, any roster issues they had, they're gone. Yeah. Any chemistry issues they had are gone. Yep. Any like fundamental flaws on either end gone. There's yep. no excuse. Jimmy Butler should not walk onto the court and be the best player for five six games. I don't care if he is. They if he's the best player, and they even still if he is, lose. still yeah. should win. Exactly. Yeah. Again, Milwaukee is complete. I I think they they need to take care of this. And if they let Miami, this will be probably the most important game one two. Yeah. Because if they if they don't crush Miami to start with, yep, it's gonna be a battle. My my, we know how Miami goes. As soon as they get confident, they're like significantly better at every player. Yeah, they even have guys that I've never even I've never heard of until this year come in and I mean, like, they get still, buckets. bro. I how many people would have given up on Kendrick Nunn, including me and you? After yeah. the last Everybody. season. Everybody. I mean, he was terrible. <laughs> and they are still, like, getting production from him. Meaningful that, production, too. That dude, Max Struss? Struess? Yeah. I mean, he came in and was lighting people up, dude. Like, he looked amazing for, like, three games. Then he never played again. But those three games, he was dunking on people. He was hitting threes, all kinds of range. I mean, they have these random guys that they throw in and play well, but... It shouldn't I mean, they some... got Ariza came in, has come in and like looked not washed for them. Yeah, but Ariza's a loser. I'm not worried about Ariza. I'm not worried about him. He's Miami. He's... Miami hides lo- losers very well. Iguodala, it's over, man. Hang it up, please, please stop playing. This has to be his last season because he looks terrible, dude. The the last game. The, the game that Haslam got thrown out of Philadelphia. Philly. Yeah. Iguodala had three straight turnovers in like 45 seconds in the game. And they weren't like turnovers like getting stripped. 
He was just throwing the ball straight out of bounds three times. And then an air ball. He looked like J. Cole. It was terrible. Come on. Why is that to throw a shot? Because that's what J. Cole looked like. Iguodala. It was so uh, yeah. bad, dude. Like, I don't know why Spolster keeps putting him in the game. He doesn't play that great of defense. Uh, I asked that about so many players in Miami. And yeah. then and then all of a sudden they're like they're doing what I guess Spolster thought they would, what which I couldn't even imagine. Oladipo played nine games for them. Doesn't yeah. seem like it. Seemed like it was only like a half. Or three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I'm, I, that sucks. By the way, man, I hope he gets like a, a healthy chance, a healthy year to like recover. It's gonna be tough, man, because that his game is athleticism. That's ninety yeah. percent of his game. Well, so you you got Bucks in five. Bucks in five, and if if we come back next week, and Jimmy Butler like closed game one, I'm gonna be furious. I am too. Fury again, like we it just happened last year. If 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 Miami beats them like in the similar style that they did last year, I'm questioning the coaching going on in Milwaukee. Who's guarding Jimmy Butler though? PJ Greek Freak, Greek Freak. Let's let's get it. What are you doing? Who's guarding Bam? Bobby Portis. Brooke Lopez getting worked. Is that okay? <laughs> Can we can we live with that? Rick Lopez get destroyed. I mean, I, I that's my, that was my only question when I was looking at it. Like when I first saw the matchup, is how are they gonna how are they gonna guard those two players? Because like those two positions are the most awkward for them. But they have PJ. I guess PJ can guard um Jimmy. I like. But- I'm not mad at that. I'm okay. Like if if Bam is spectacular and Butler together, mm-hmm. at that point I'm giving Miami credit because I haven't seen that all year. I didn't see that even in the playoffs last year, so that would just be a shock to me. Right? They Jimmy played better when Bam got hurt, and vice versa. Uh, yeah. The, they, the key for me comparing it to last year, like mm-hmm. Dragic cannot eat. Mm-mm. That can't if like Drew Holiday's is there to shut that shit down. Mm-hmm. We can't be letting like Dragic just bullying his way and creating kickouts for the, the the scrubs, right? And that's how you get Tyler Harrow putting up you know efficient twenty twenty five points, right? I like uh, uh, Divincenzo versus Harrow. I like that matchup. Not as far as like them being equals, but I like yeah. Dante is a competitor. He plays hard yeah. against everybody. I would like to see him play hard against Tyler Harrow. This would be like his moment to see if he's Actually, like a decent defender, in my opinion. Hero's going to embarrass him at least once, but, you know, he could get the better of him for the night. Okay. I'll take the Bucks. uh, I'll take the Bucks in five. I was hoping they'd sweep, but they probably won't. They'll probably rest one game. No, Miami's good enough to, like, Miami's uh, confident enough to take a game. Proud Mm -hmm. enough, I think, to take a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... Again, you don't get to take the whole year off and then just come in and close the deal every night. Like, it's not that easy. It better not be that easy. Right. All right. Uh, do we have any other... Do you want to make a finals sports? pick right now? 
since it's our we're going into the playoffs. <sighs> no, I don't want to make a finals pick. No, I got to see the plans first. I think I don't want to make a finals pick before I see the plans. Because what you think? Other than the Lakers, none of the play-in teams are a threat to go to the finals. But I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Hell no. Hell no. If I was if I was gonna pick in the West, this goes against everything I stand for. But I'd go Clippers, and then in the East, I will go. I'll go Brooklyn, Clippers, and Nets. I'll say that. <clears throat> I'm I'm sticking with the Lakers, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and to me the. The best team in the East by far has been Philadelphia. I don't think it's been close. It hasn't. Uh, and I, they're just built to respond and match up with every team in every way, like playing however they need to play. Mm-hmm. So Philly, LA, I think in the finals. I just, I think they're gonna have a hard time outscoring Brooklyn, because that will be what it comes down to. I think they're going to have a hard time outscoring them. Not because they're not good enough, but Brooklyn's just going to score a lot of points. I'm excited to watch Brooklyn, man. I I really am. Me too. Success or fail, I can't wait to see what that looks like. I really wish they fell to the third seed so we could see them them against someone that can beat them, possibly. DC. Uh... Uh... I can't wait till we're talking about that matchup next week. You know, like I, I told you off air, you know Russ is going to go crazy that, and it's going to be an issue in a negative way. I've never seen Russ attack a team and win in the playoffs. Like him have animosity. I've never, I've never seen him beat a team in the playoffs, like just him. Right. So it is going to have to be mostly him cuz Beal will get you 40 but everybody else on everyone on the nets can get 40 i'm rooting for you dc i i see a way i see a way i just don't know what how it's going to go dc better win the first two games man i mean they better win their first game oh, so. oh you talking about the playing yeah 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 all right let's get to it man starting at guard from Fayetteville North Carolina <laughs> Uh, uh, from St. John's, 6'3", maybe he's 6'4". 6'4". <laughs> Jermaine looks, Cole. He looks under six feet, honestly. He does, but he says he's 6'3". Yeah. I mean, he he didn't jump that high to dunk when he was dunking. So, I, I'll i give him 6'3", 6'4". He's a nice wingspan. But we have Jermaine Cole uh, starting for the Rwandan Patriots. Now he's not starting. I'm just kidding. He's not starting. Uh, he had his African Basketball League uh, debut. We're not going to get into that, though. But uh, you can look up the <laughs> highlights on YouTube. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he, had, man. he had a technical free throw and a tap in. Nice tap in body was a little shaky he was rusty it's all good first pro game i'm gonna give him two more games before i say what i t- already told you about what he looked like 
Yeah. Uh, but I'm not gonna. I'm not judging anybody's game by one performance. I saw four turnovers in an air ball watching the game. That's just the second half. I didn't watch the first he, half. He managed to get four turnovers in there. Yeah. Good thing maybe, they don't. Maybe maybe one other game. Good thing they don't track the turnovers in the league. I was watching them though. I watched Thank them God. happen though. <laughs> the one, the layup he got, he looked like he got stripped. No one touched the ball at all, man. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, my God. He just went up, so lost funny. it, and then he kicked it out of bounds. So that was one of the turnovers. But anyway. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good little slash, though. It was a good idea. Anyway. <laughs> um, The off season. The off season is here. You you surprised me by not saying what the proper first reaction to this was. What's the proper? Jay Cole's back. Fuego. He is. This is setting the hoops on fire. This is um, you know, uh, seeing that it was called the off season, I had a, and I was very nervous about having expectations. Uh huh. As as we know with Jay Cole's latest history. Yeah. Um, but. Seeing it called the off season, I'm like, all right, he's got to be bringing us back to the glory days, the the mixtape, the warm up, Friday Night Lights, mm-hmm. uh, the come up, like he's bringing us back, right? And thankfully, that is exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. This is exactly in the same like style as those mixtapes were. It's very kind of. It's very like chill to me where he's just rapping, like he's just showcasing how great of a rapper he is. Mm-hmm. I think the beats are, I think the beats could have been better, but they were like strong enough to keep the album from getting repetitive. Yeah. Uh, and I think his hook performance was good all around. I think the feature choices was good all around. All the features fit the style of the album. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna let you go because I really <laughs> had no issue with this album. So whatever your problem was, I need to know. You remember about uh, two months ago, <laughs> I sent you an article from Complex that said uh, J Cole was uh, gonna address social issues and uh, you know the life of a black man and the recent injustices. On his forthcoming album. Remember that? That I do remember. That didn't happen. <laughs> Where was that? It wasn't there at all. Yep, that's not my issue with it, though. I'm cool I'm cool with that. Uh, J. Cole is... He has shown his talent to be top three alive right now, in my opinion. This album... Or, you know, this project has shown... I mean, the rapping on here is ridiculous. Like, his rapping is crazy. Um, That's all it is to me, man. It's just rapping. Like, a lot of the songs are just him rapping until he runs out of breath on the track. There's not a lot of... His song making was bad on this album, in my opinion. I think he took an L song making wise. That... But to your point, you said it has a mixtape feel. It definitely does. But because like there's only like three hooks on the album and he only does two of them. 
I mean, I mean, how much hooks did you expect? It's twelve songs. I at least expect expect six, seven hooks. It was just a beat, him rapping, him talking trash, and then rapping and then talking trash again, and the song's over. It's not even a. <clears throat> a lot of these didn't feel like songs to me. They just felt like a showcase of him spitting fire bars, and they were fire. I mean, I. Let me stop, because I love J. Cole. I've always, you know, I've lo- always loved J. Cole. He's always been my favorite rapper. He was like, it was like a, uh, how I felt about him was like a Kobe Jordan kind of thing. Like if Drake is Jordan, when J. Cole was like first coming up, he was like the guy I would argue with people about. Like, nah, man, J. Cole, he could out rap Drake. Trust me. This was like. Yeah, Born Center had me thinking that too. Yeah, this was Born Center time. Uh, and then uh, Forest Hills Drive was, to me, I think his, as far as his rapping skill, I thought it was a little bit lower than the past two albums, but his song making was top tier. I mean, he made he sang on songs and they were hits. Apparently, yeah. and um, Love Yours were, were songs that I didn't think he could make at the time. And then, you know, For Your Eyes Only happened... K.O.D. K.O.D. happened. And then this one, he's back rapping as good as he's ever rapped, I think. Uh, there's like four songs in here where like I would put th- these as far as rapping skill against any any rapper's best skilled songs. I'm, I'd compare them. Like, uh, like I'd compare some of these songs to like a Nas song, something like that. But, um... J. Cole cannot find the balance of making a song and being a good rapper at this point to me. Like, it, K.O.D., um, what was the song? The Money song? The Count It song, whatever? Yeah, Count It Up. Yeah, that, that song was fire. Good rapping, good song making, but nothing else on there had a mixture of either to me. And this this album has... Elite, elite rapping, but the song making. No, I, don't, I think the song making was really, really, really bad. I I don't know what you want from him. <laughs> that that's my thing because I just want him to biggest... make. A, he he used. Well, I I shouldn't. I'm not gonna compare him to his past, but I know J Cole is capable of giving me a good song. That's all I'm saying. A good song. I can hear a good right. freestyle from anybody. He can freestyle it's, better it, than anybody. It's a fair criticism that this album doesn't have like like song like hit songs. The Twenty One Savage song is a great song. Great. The, uh, I think him and Lil Baby like almost pull enough fire out to like really make it a hit. Yeah, that was. I thought that was a hit too. Yeah. I think pretty much with those two songs, he had the features. He had Boz and um, Six Lack, and I didn't really, I couldn't really tell it was them, but um, I, I didn't like that song that much. But the, the Lil Baby song and the 21 song are fire, for sure. I mean, I, my two favorites were probably Amari and uh, Hunger on Hillside. Amari is, has become like a. I've heard a lot of people saying Amari is their favorite. Yeah, yeah, Amari is like the the kind of the one that's blown up the most mm-hmm. from the initial response. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, and it is heat, but my, my problem is you're kind of judging it like, you know, it's almost like, like, I know you could give me Born Sinner 2, but like, this isn't it. You know what I, I mean? Any of the first three albums. It, this is not, uh, how much better is this than KOD to you? Huh? How much Night better? and day better. <laughs> If, if so this, KOD if, is trash? What would you give KOD out of 10? Uh, <laughs> a 4. 4, fair enough. I'll give this album a uh, 8. An 8? I'll double, double the score of that. What are his first three albums? Uh, The first one's an 8. Born Sinner's a 10. Forest Hills Drive is a 9. Okay. So you're saying this is as good as his first album? Yeah. Oh, no way. And no my way. thing is, as an album, okay, as an album, I would take his first album over this. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. This doesn't but seem like an album to me. It just seemed like and, he and, had some fire verses and he just put them out. But when he called it the off season, and when I saw that that was the title, that's kind of what I assumed. I, I did. I did too. And I thought it was going to be like, I thought it was gonna be like a, a series of EPs. Like when he put that that like menu thing out, that timeline yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's gonna give us EPs like any given Sunday or uh, right. Um, truly yours, something like that. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But then he gives us twelve EP songs, and then it's an album. But you're comparing it to his albums. That's I think the mistake. This is but it's more... an album. You know, you know everything is an album now. Mixtape, album, playlist—they're all albums now. Like, but if he calls it an album, why isn't it an album? Because he wants to like make the most off of it. You know, he wants it to be. Obviously, now, now, if he, if he put out Friday Night Lights, that would be a fucking album now, and it would be his best album. But that's the thing: is this is a, it's not better than but, Friday Night Lights. But Friday but Night this Lights. Can, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. This could compete with the other mixtapes that he put out in the beginning of his career. Yes, but Friday Night Lights was a mixtape and felt more like an album than this does. Not by much. Friday Night Lights just had more, more like classics as far as songs. They were complete songs. That's that's all. That's trust me. I think this is a. I think all these songs are good. All this rapping is good. The music is good. The features were great, but this is I, not. I, it's not an album to me. It's, I feel fair. cheated that he put a mixtape out as an album. That's how I feel, and I, I'm not hating the album because I like it. I listen to it. I listen to it like six times. It gets better every time you listen to it. By the way, but oh yeah, yeah, man. I mean. If you look at problem, uh, Friday Night Lights, there's like three songs on there that don't have hooks. And now on this, there's like seven that don't. There's, I'm pretty sure there's more on Friday Night Lights that don't have hooks. Tell me. Which one? I mean, Dude, trust you, me, I listen, to that every, I listen to that every single day. It's I used been to. a minute for me, I'll admit. Yeah. But I just, I think this... Again, it com- it's not better than Friday Night Lights, but it competes with all the other mixtapes that I think are are still very high level. It it's 
yeah, this would if this was a mixtape, it'd be his second best mixtape for sure. Behind and, Friday and that's, Night Lights. That's all I wanted. I wanted him to step back and like every time he's gotten personal, like like deeply personal on two albums. Mm-hmm. And they're the two most boring albums I've heard from him. <laughs> I'm just like I, Truly I, I yours know what's hating the most boring rap album I've ever heard, <laughs> and and I just I know it's hating, but to me, I mean, for your eyes only. Sorry, I'm I'm happy that he took a step back and just got back to what like he used to do. I agree. I I, I am too. I'm really happy. I'm glad he's rapping I, with the chip on his shoulder, some passion for once. Yes, and where I where I do agree with you that it's more of like an industry thing, where if you're gonna make us wait in anticipation, like you know you you haven't put out a project and you've teased us all this time, mm-hmm. we we're not no you shouldn't be putting out a mixtape doing that. Yes, like this this could have been if he dropped this like the first three months of the pandemic. Yes. I mean, this would have been insane. And if he's and just said, "Yo, new mixtape, J Cole," it, it would yes. go crazy. And you can yes. put mixtapes on Spotify and on Apple. People do yes. it all the time. But don't. And and my call problem is now shortchange me. But the problem is everything is released and and pushed like an album now. Nothing like you know. There's a few artists that are exceptions to that. But they don't. But a lot of artists do this now, where it's even if it's like a collection of tracks, they're pushing it as like a two-year project in the making. But we trash on them on all the other ones except for J Cole's. That's all I'm saying. I'm trashing but, J Cole's too. If someone else does it, I'm trashing them. And if J Cole does it, he's getting trashed too. And even though I love J Cole, but again, oh the only pass I give is that. He okay. It's a mixtape. I I understand the criticism, but it's a fire mixtape. This is the best rapping I've heard probably in... since Forest Hills Drive. No question. No, I mean from anybody. This is the best rapping I've heard from anybody in a long time. I mean, I I'd probably I'm say funeral last time. I probably say funeral is above that, but other than funeral, I can't remember when I've heard better rapping on a project. Than this, just top to bottom, it's just I mean, maybe Benny, maybe Benny, but yeah, and you know, the other thing is, and this is really isn't a criticism. It's I, I normally, I only criticize when people don't have enough versatile subject matter. But this that that I completely agree with you on. Yeah, J. Cole, to, to me, he kind of was doing the same thing. Shots flying. He says shots flying, I think, on every single song. Something about gunshots flying, somebody dying. Yeah. Um, but it's not a, it's not like a remorseful thing like it was for For Your Eyes Only. It's like a, you know, I'm killing everybody this time thing. And, then, you know, I, it gets, and that's another reason why I knew it. It didn't feel like an album because I didn't feel any like range of emotions in this album. It was just like one note of me, you know, of the same. But that's thing. again, that's what other than Friday Night Lights, which is the only exception for him as far as blending like his album sound and mixtape sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the other mixtapes were very similar to this, where it, it was a little like almost bare bones kind of. 
yes, I agree with you, but you're comparing the album to mixtapes. No other album did that. Again, that's because the industry every every <laughs> mixtape I'm talking about, if it came out now, would have been would have been released exactly like this album or this but mixtape. He would have, what he would have called it a mixtape. That's all I'm saying. I don't I don't think he would have. You don't think he'd call the warm up a mixtape if you let it out? He wouldn't say, "Yo, this is my I, new I album." I doubt it. <laughs> he definitely would have put Friday Friday Night Lights was an album, no question. Friday Night Lights felt like an album. It definitely did. It and it had cohesion right. to it. Yeah, I, I, you're right. That's a that's the only thing. That's my only criticism. Listen, I, the yeah, rapping I, is amazing. J Cole is the man. He's you know back on top of the game. He came out. First, by the way, this year, before Kendrick, before Drake, before Rihanna, before all these people that were expecting music from, uh, he came out first and he knocked it out the park. So He set the bar very high. I think think Kendrick will have the best album of the three of them this year. That's my prediction. Now that I've heard J. Cole's, because it would have been between J. Cole and Kendrick, I, I think Kendrick will come better than this you had a lot more faith in j cole than i did if if that was the the topic i would have definitely picked j cole third well i heard all the hype of what j cole was gonna be talking about i'm like oh he's gonna be in his bag and he didn't do that so uh the the social justice stuff i i I don't know what that would have looked like (laughs) but the the personal shit dude like i don't know anybody who gets into like their own life more and makes it as boring as j cole does Drake <laughs> Drake gets into his life in like the worst parts of his life and it sounds exciting. It's still like yeah. I still want it. Like he talks about nearly suicidal things and I still want to live that life. And Jake Cole and he, what's nah. what's Drake is a different animal cuz he starts going in a new genre. The more depressing it is, yeah. the more he like blends R&B into it. Right. Uh and Cole Cole is a little bit different to me where Again, KOD and For Your Eyes Only, it's like you just like didn't really want to make an exciting or like an entertaining song in any way. Right. You just wanted to talk about this. Yeah. And and that just to me was boring. I'm sorry. I agree. I agree. And it's kind of crazy he made KOD and he let little baby come on there talking about being addicted to promethazine. Like that's <laughs> that's kind of wild i was like yeah. wow he's just gonna let little baby get that off after he spent three years making an album about kids being on drugs yeah um well well i didn't listen to it enough to have a favorite verse but um man yeah i'm only three listens in i mean i'm, I'm gonna be listening to it more over the next several weeks i, I want to say uh and you what'd you say your favorite song was amari and the last track? Uh, yeah. Okay. Hunger uh, for Hillside, I think, or on Hillside. Yeah, yeah. on Hillside. I think I liked uh, Applying Pressure. And even though The Climb Back came out as a single, that's still probably my second favorite. Applying Pressure was hard, though. That was that was. Tough. I'm happy. You know, I'm, I'm really happy this wasn't only J. Cole, by the way. I thought it, I mean, when it first came out, I, it didn't have features on it. At least what I, I had. Yeah, I just... I don't know because his rapping is so good, so I can't really say if it would have been like worse without features. 
But I, I think some of what made him boring the last two albums is not having anybody else with him. Yeah. Especially, how many countless like features has he just annihilated? I think he's better with features. I haven't heard him with features and not liked it. He might be... He, he's in the conversation for probably best feature rapper of all time. He's in the conversation, yeah. Except for playing. I mean, it's a long, that a long conversation, trash. but... I never want to hear Everybody him gets... Jeremiah again. Never. Not even yeah, on Jeremiah. Everybody gets a album. miss. I, everybody gets a couple misses. I, yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. can shoot a hundred percent. Right. He. Um. I, I don't know why. I don't know what like the satisfaction he gets out of not having other artists on the album. I really don't know. I think he wants to see what he can do against them without them. Maybe. Maybe. But, if it's a competitive thing, then I, I that's cool. I like that. Uh, but if it's just like a like a weird like kind of like just being antisocial, not really willing to work with other people. Yeah. I think he's missing out, man. I think he could have put maybe three or four more songs on here with features, mm-hmm. with like features you really like would enjoy hearing him with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would have made it again. I think it would have given it a little bit more versatility. He had a lot of experimenting with flows on here and um i would have really liked to hear him and the baby like him trying to do the baby's flow and yeah. whether the baby was doing a regular flow or not but him keeping up with the baby flow wise on a song like a yeah, real they matched system. each other uh they matched each other well on uh what was it, under the sun the, yeah. the one big single from yep. uh revenge of the dreamers three yeah yeah that was good man and North Carolina, like, come on. That's that's what I'm saying. That's why that's why I thought it would be fire. Yeah. But, yeah. Another another missed opportunity with female artists, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the hook issue you had, and just the songs kind of not being, you know, structured as well. Yeah. Three to five female features would have fixed that completely. I I would have been cool with two. I mean, he would have been. I would have been straight. And on the ones that he wasn't, like, you know, bodying them, like applying pressure or something right, like that. Right. But, yeah, he could have had two on here. It would have been fine. It would have been tough. He could have had a but nice, did... or like someone who can do, kind of do both. Like, um, uh, oh, man. The one from North Carolina. What's her name? Uh, I feel bad. I can't remember her name. He had a song with her last year. Uh, but, uh, man, he could have had someone who could do the hook and have a verse. That's all I'm saying. Even, a, you know, a light hook and a hey, real rap a verse. Of, off the top of my LMA would have been fire. Oh, yeah. Uh, hell, Queen Nigel would have been fire. Yeah. Just off the, obviously, like, Kilani, anybody like that, fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Her would have been fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, you want to talk about Nikki? Honestly, I don't really have much to say about it, man. I, I do. I do think it's it's a very good uh, project to re-release to get people hyped about her. I agree. Uh, it it really showcases like you know she emerged as a top tier rapper and deservingly so. Mm-hmm. And, and where she like. I kind of lost I kind of forgot about that because she started she she was very oversaturated at one point just putting out a lot of like random 
radio music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she had a lot of like big singles that to me were just awful. Yep, I agree. Uh, but but her early days, man, like Pink Print and, and just some of her early work where she's just rapping, mm-hmm. and it's it's like locked in on that. Yeah, uh, she's a lead. Like yeah, because like it- the the current female artists are no match for the versatility she had. I know. Yeah, and I mean she could like. She could rap like a dude back then, you know? Yes. And not to be sexist or anything, but the way she flowed and how hard she went was just something that women weren't doing at that time. And um, bringing that back, you see how many people are birthed from her, you know? Like we yes. talk about Young Thug. Like, she, you can see that a lot of these female artists, Doja Cat... Uh, I, I can't oh, a lot of them, man. Saweetie, Saweetie, uh, Meg. Megan The Stallion, Cardi B, all, all them. Yeah, they're they're taking elements. It, it, that this is again how insane her versatility was. All these artists have taken like slight aspects of her style. Yeah, yeah. And and you know obviously they've made it their own in different ways, but like again, Nikki could pull off what all these artists are doing at certain points. Yeah, and the other thing that was so different was Nicki being in a crew with, like, other men was interesting. Like, obviously, Lil' Kim did that in the 90s, but we hadn't really seen, you know, Eve, kinda, but, like, the way that they were pushing her, like, the way Lil' Wayne having a verse on her record pushed her verse to be better, like, you could hear it. Yeah. And that was just, that was an oddity for that era, too. Like, it just, it was, women had done it before, but it was a big, a long gap in between them. Like, Eve had been yeah. acting by the time Nikki was rapping. Like, so it, it, it wasn't like it was a lot of competition for her, but it was just interesting. And, and Nikki had the most, like, the most deserving, uh, what's the word? I don't know why I'm missing, I had it earlier, but the most... Like the most impactful coming out verse with Monster. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah. you come in and these are a bunch of artists who like are dominating the genre, mm-hmm. and you come in and you outperform all of them. Yeah, it, it probably you know? is the most impactful female verse ever. Has right, to be right, and and that to me, I mean, that's something I can't even picture. A, the female, especially the rap, the female rappers now, I can't even picture them pulling something like that off. Oh, no. No. I, it's not even close. I will say, for me, Cardi on the, um, the G-Eazy song, I think it was. It, oh, it, it was like a, it was a minor version of that. Because she was, like, people heard about her. Oh, yeah, she makes that song, that Kodak song. Like, she didn't have the recognition until she came out with that. And, like, oh, she can, like, really rap. Like, it sounded like she was playing around kind of before that. And, like, that's when her music came to, like, oh, she means business. She's, like, rapping, rapping, rapping. So that. Yeah. Cardi B, uh, she she has a very similar, like, intent, like Nicki did, to outperform everybody. Yeah. 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 That's one thing I really like about her. And and that's a, that's a tough thing, you know. In our society, obviously, women have to 
at least they feel like they have to uh, prove themselves in the avenues like this, obviously, because it's obviously a male-dominated culture. And they did it. I mean, they did it. Big time. Yep. Uh, What else do we have? Anything to talk about? Uh, Music-wise, we mentioned... Again, I don't really have any in-depth thoughts, but uh, T. Grizzly's album was really strong. It was really, really, really good. Uh, And he was... This was an album... Again, I'd only liked one other album from him, uh, Activated, which was from like five, six years ago. Yeah. Uh, But this was... Like, now that I'm hearing a second album where he's giving me, like, different kind of style, different variations of his sound, yeah, uh, I was impressed. Yeah, man, and his albums for me have always been kind of slow burns. Yes. Like, I, I would have to listen to it maybe twice or get towards the end before I really felt it. This, he came right out the gates. First three tracks were, like, he was spitting, like, killing yeah. it. And I was and he found in him, it. Yeah. I was feeling it. He found a great mix of like that, like he he does the thing a lot where he like cuts the beat out and just keeps going. Yeah, and he often does it like too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this album, he finds a really good mix of that. Yeah, he does. He does. He puts uh, his punchlines really well. together nicely. Uh, he he just it looked like someone who. Uh, he, it felt like an album. It felt like an album, and the progression of him like. Uh, middle school, you took art classes, right? Yeah. So, like, your art in third grade looked one way, fourth grade looked one way, and then maybe you didn't take art one year or you guys didn't do as many projects, but then the eighth grade one, like, when you showed that one, they're like, wow, like, you've been working on your art? Uh, not really, but this is just, I'm just different now. Like, you're just better as a person. Yeah. So, like, this seems like that upper grade level of art for him to me. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, oh, Wrath of Wrath of Man. Right. Movies. Yeah. You want to start there? I watched a ton uh, of. Movies I haven't seen. Time. I haven't seen Saw. I didn't. I didn't watch that yet. I watched some. Um, uh, what other movies have you seen? <laughs> Those who wish me dead, and I also watched. Um, uh, Woman in the window. The the Amy Adams? Yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix. Oh, dude. Well, oh, that came to Netflix? Yeah. Dude. It was good. You didn't think it really? would be good? Yeah, it was good. I, uh, I still don't think it's good. I don't trust you. I enjoyed it, man. It was great. Okay. Great okay. twist. You know, they use... It was very Hitchcockian. They use a lot right, of... That's... that's uh, yeah. They use a lot of, like, exit stage right things. They play with the lighting a lot. Like, the lights would go out, okay. and then it's a new scene. So they did kind of play around that. It was very artsy. Um, okay, I'll check it out. It was good, man. Amy Adams is a really good actress. I mean, she's... Oh, yeah, she's no doubt. Great actress. She's yeah. top tier. Top tier. Gary Oldman is good. Julianne Moore is good. I mean, it was good actors in there. So, yeah. But the big movie that we both watched... Yes. That's, uh, it's funny... It was being promoted, but now that it's out, it's being promoted a lot more, I feel like. And they they definitely sneak the actors in there. Like I Yes. I did yes. not know some of the actors in there were in there. It's packed. I don't know all their it, names, but I 
I'm I know pretty Eastwood. sure I do. I, off the top of my head, yeah. Eastwood, obviously. I had no idea he was in there. <clears throat> but let's let's talk about it. Let's start there. Matter of fact, uh, the cast is is impressive in a meaningful way. Okay, explain. Uh, like, there's not, you know, none of their roles feel like you know forced. Mm-hmm. Right, like Andy Garcia doesn't get a ton of screen time, but you you, you kind of feel the impact of his role. Yep, yep. Uh, the I don't really want to spoil anything because I mean, there's not too much to spoil. The actors uh, aren't spoiling it to me because it's not like yeah, any but, like huge reveals. Yeah, and I just think all, the cast all has even the guys who aren't in the movie a ton has a meaningful impact every time they're on screen. Yes, yep. Uh, and it works. It works for a movie that's, you know, on the surface so basic. Yeah. Th- that's what I mean, you know, if you're an action guy, forget the don't even watch the rest of this review. Go see it. Yeah, for sure. Just go see it. It's it's awesome. This movie is exactly what action movies are supposed to be. Yep. Yep. Uh and again, it's just the premise of it is so basic like, you know, we've seen kind of movies in this style before. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But Guy Ritchie just and just shows how top tier he is. One thing that is amazing about him, he has not let the times change him. Yes, he's so sure. great at the the um, camera three sixty pan. Yes, like it's on the main character, and then it shows you like the surroundings of the main character. He does it like five times in the movie. And he, he does it in every movie he does. And it's amazing yep. every time. It's it's perfect. It gives you makes you feel like you're there, for sure. Guy Ritchie, man, like, his movies, and this isn't like a, I don't know how best to describe it, other than, like, his movies feel cracked a lot of the time. Like, they're, they're just going so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this it's started like, out, like, we're, we're here already, like. Right, and, and this movie actually, compared, looking back on a lot of his projects, this movie's a little bit, like, he, he slows it down, he reserves, and he lets the story develop a little bit more, especially and, in the second act. And more emotions develop than, yeah. uh, than a lot of his other ones, yeah. Yeah, but again, this movie is going, like, it's it's it opens up the story in interesting way after interesting way, like, it... it keeps un- you keep unlocking new details as the movie's progressing yeah and the story opens up in such a like it's good enough to follow along but it's not like predictable yeah uh he just nails it man he, he honestly he nails everything that needed to be good in this movie he he made it good yep he did great man he did a really good job with it oh Man, I, I mean, Scott Eastwood, this is probably the best action performance I've seen from him. <laughs> yeah. Most memorable one, at least. I mean, he's he's always, like, forgettable in every other movie. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I don't have, I don't have anything else to add. I mean, at, your point about unlocking the new details, that is spot on, for sure. That's exactly yeah. what happens. And, and it's done a, a very... Uh, Every time I felt like was just enough. Like I'm every time they did it, because it it went back and forth. So every time yeah. they did it, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Next time they did it, oh, right, got it. Next time they did it, oh, okay, 
now I'm here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. It, it yeah. tells you why what you're seeing happened, and but in like a backwards way almost. So like it, it connects. Yeah. It, it was just really, really, really good, man. It's it's just crazy how um, how good of a balance he finds between progressing the story and kind of like keeping you engaged in what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's something I think in some of his lesser movies, like King Arthur or Man from Uncle, like the the pace was kind of a struggle. Man from Uncle was garbage. Yeah, no argument there. Garbage. Yeah. Like again, it draw Man from Uncle draws you in, and then he kind of gets stuck. Like the story, he can't really move the story fast enough for it to be interesting. Yeah. And this movie never even comes close to anything like that. Right. I mean, this movie just nails everything. Yeah, and it had it didn't force. uh, There was no force domination by Statham either. Like I've seen him. A lot of the movies where he has one particular star, sometimes I feel like they're dominating the screen, like King Arthur. But I didn't feel that way at all about Statham. I mean, yeah, he, it was just enough, and it had just enough predictability for me. Just yeah. enough. I think I think the the inside man uh, like twist, I guess, yeah, uh, is pretty predictable. Like yeah. you know, if you've seen heist movies before, you know, you can kind of see it coming. Yeah. Especially knowing the actors as well as I do, like that, the actor is often the villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of saw it coming, even though they they kind of try to lean you away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Josh Hartnett, by the way, was a shock that he was in this movie. Like, where has he been all these years? Yeah, haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, it's just like this, such a strange role to find him in. Yeah, uh, but again. This movie is tense, like literally start to finish. Yep, it is. It is. It is. Uh, it's very, uh, yeah. T- tense is uncomfortable in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It moves like it's slow, but you feel like it. How it's progressing, and you like you just know kind of like that it's gonna be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. In the final action sequence in this movie, again. This movie slows it down, and you walk into the fi- like act, the final act of this movie, and Statham is just a part of it. Like it's not really centered around yeah, him. Yeah, that, that's that was very interesting, and that, that's yes. what made me say the point about him not dominating it, because like a lot of it really wasn't even, you know, had to do a lot about him, especially the action parts. Exactly. He didn't do as much exactly. action in here as he could have. No, yeah, yeah. If you're but expecting like a up- transporter kind of action, this this ain't it. You know what I would compare this movie to, uh, like like a Heat or or like a Den of Thieves, which is kind of you know a copy, but mm-hmm. uh, it's the, it's that kind of crime movie that's very just tense with the storyline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, but the action because of that is just so much more impactful. Yeah. What was that? Triple uh, Nine, even something like that yeah. too. Yep. Yep. Um. I was, like I said, I saw Those Who Wish Me Dead. I wouldn't recommend it. Angelina looks great, but she anybody could have played the role, man. She really didn't do anything. This this plot. Just a quick check. This plot just does not. Who wrote this and thought like, yeah, people would be excited for this? Nicholas Holt. I don't know why he was in there. 
Anybody could have did that. Uh, Littlefinger playing the same shit as he always does. Yeah, uh, John Bernthal. Uh, yeah, he's he's he we, he's like typecast almost. Yeah, in a lot of the smaller roles. Yeah, he wasn't here too. Yep. That's really all the stars, though. That's everybody. That's all the stars that are in there that I, I this, remember. Man, we got a lot of movies incoming, to be honest. I'm going to watch uh, Chaos Walking before next podcast. Okay. Uh, is that... Are you just... You, you watching it on the link, or is it on anything? Uh, I got the I got the link to that. But I might go... Uh, I, might, I might see that in the theaters, maybe. If it's still there, I, I don't even... I don't even think I saw it in the list of movies when I was going to see uh, Wrath of Man. Oh, okay. Well. But I don't know. I didn't really check thoroughly. I'm going to watch it somehow before next... Before next week. And I, I'm excited for the actors. The plot, for me, I'm not not really feeling... I'm not a big sci-fi guy when it comes to, like, experimental sci-fi. For, like, not really my style. But um, yeah. obviously the actors in here are, you know, top of the top of the yeah. charts for the for them. I kind of I went to see Wrath of Man and saw I'm gonna hold off on because there's a ton of movies coming and like theaters are kind of getting back going. So I I want to go like I'm not missing Godzilla versus Kong in theaters or you know, ever again. Right. Uh, so. And Saw is just a movie I'm not pressed to see it in theaters. Yeah. This Spiral, right? Yeah. Right. Chris spiral. Rock. Uh, but I'm I'm excited. I have I've been kind of avoiding reading any reactions or anything to it, but um I'm gonna watch it at some point, but it's just not gonna be anytime soon probably. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just it doesn't really capture my interest as much as I initially thought maybe it would. What's the next in the theater? Like what's the next big box uh, office? Uh, Quiet Place 2 comes out at the end of the month. Okay. Uh, I'm ready for that. I mean, you know, June, we're getting into Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. That's shutting it down right there. Uh, oh, yeah. Black Widow's yeah. coming, I think, July. Yeah. Gotta be there. We got stuff coming. Yep. I mean, there's still stuff coming, you know, to HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what's crazy is now everything is opening up. Like, movies that have been on hold are about to just randomly start getting you know thrown out yeah so like the chaos walking we're gonna miss movies like that yeah just because so much stuff is gonna be coming out yeah yeah you have any desire to see cherry the tom holland movie no, no. me either if anyone sees it tell me about it i'm not gonna watch it it looks too long like it, it just looks it's one of those movies that the trailer Makes the movie look like it's gonna be too long, so I'm cool. Mm. I'm not. I don't like drama at all, really. Uh, anything else we have? I don't think there's anything else. You? I think that's it. I think we got everything. Can't wait for these playoffs, man. We got. We're gonna be deep diving the playoffs. You know, uh, as far as our subject matter, the next like month or two, it's gonna be heavy basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we may need to deliver more than once a week for the uh, playoffs. Yes. But yeah, especially the first first or first couple rounds. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun to watch. This week is gonna be fun too. Intense. I like it. All right. Um, thanks for listening. Subscribe. Follow us. Share us. Uh, Instagram, No Clue Podcasts. Everything. And we'll see you guys next time.